Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Blog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? I know the video is out, so I'm trying to uh, figure out what's going on. There we go. There I am. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, 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 everybody. Uh, looks like it might be a little bit dimmer than it normally is. I was just doing some uh, some troubleshooting with John the Flick Pick. And I was, looks like I'm having some, uh, some issues with that. So please let me know if everything sounds okay. Please let me know if everything is coming through all right. And uh, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. So thank you so much for being here. And welcome to the One Man Low Council. I'm all out of sorts today. Today has been a crazy busy day. I filmed uh, an hour and a half podcast episode with John the Flick Pick, available for my $10 and up backers over on Patreon. That has been posted on Patreon as a video and as an audio uh, podcast as well. Also been posted for my Subscribestar members in the same way as an audio podcast and as a video. We talk about the Oscars 2020. We talk about the best awards of the night. We talk about the worst awards of the night. And we talk about just our favorite films of 2019 as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the flick pick is a great guy, and I just got off talking with him because I'm trying to get him set up and helped out for doing some more live streams over over there. So hope everything is coming through okay now. And let's see, we've got some people over on D Live already. We got the K Man over there saying, "How's everyone tonight? We're rocking a party, or what? We are indeed rocking the party, indeed." Captain Dean High says, "Yeah, dim, but sounds okay. Great. So it's dim. So let's see. I should be able to configure my video." And I might be able to to fix that. There we go. All right. So let me just uh, turn the gain off auto and then turn that back down here. And then the exposure back down to here as well. And that should be normal. Cool. All right. That has now been fixed. Uh, again, we were having some issues earlier with his stuff and his setup, and so this should be much better. This should be exactly how it normally is. So hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm all over the place tonight already, but let's go ahead and jump into the chat. So thank you very much, Captain Dean Heist, for letting me know how everything is uh, how everything is looking. K-Man, thanks for letting me know that the sound is okay, that everything is coming through as well. We got Laura Ryan, so my fan fiction story in the chat. Clark Kent, Bruce, Tina B is in the chat. Dora the Hobbit, Hyper, and X-13 is in the chat as well. Slicer Neons is here. Hypernext13 says, Hi, Odin. Looks like Parasite is going to get a lot of hate now that it's one best picture. I know not everyone will love it, and that's fine. Personally, I think it was well-deserved. And hey, as someone who is now a proud owner of the movie Parasite, a now best picture winner, not just, not just, of course, at the Oscars, but also one that was nominated at the Raven Awards as well, and won best low-budget film of the year, I will say that this is a very good purchase. And also, shout out to Orange Chat Reviews and, I believe, was Mr. Roy, who won the recent giveaway. They won their own copies of this on Blu-ray. So, shout out to them as well. Their copies came in today, too. And I cannot wait to dive into any special features that this might have. Uh, see, it's a Q&A with director Bong Joon-ho, so that's actually pretty cool. And I can't also wait to show this to my wife, because she has not seen this movie yet. And she's been hearing me rave about it for months now, ever since I first saw it. So, yeah, hi, friend. It's going to get hate, but most films that win Best Picture do. There's always that contingent of people that say, hey, no one saw the movie, and so why should it win Best Picture? Well, I'm sitting here saying, well, I did see it, and it is one of the best movies of the year, so I'm glad that it won Best Picture. Now, I think that one could argue that Joker is also one of the best films of the year. One could argue that 1917 is also one of the best films of the year. If any of them had won, I would be happy. 
but this indeed was one of the best films of 2019, and I'm very happy and stoked to own it. And what I'm hoping is that because this has now won an Oscar, and because more and more people are likely going to start buying this now, that eventually we'll get a 4K Steelbook release of this, because there's some 4Ks available uh, overseas in Europe, and they just look wow, beautiful. The artwork on them is fantastic. All right, jump back into the chat. Stream Elements is here. Orange Chat Reviews is here. Nickel Noodles is here as well. Josue Veguia is in the chat. What's going on? How is it going? Uh, Bruce says, hello, Odin. Hello. Grandmaster Yoda, what's going on? I've already fixed that issue. Greta says, hello, Odin. How were the Raven Awards? The Raven Awards were a blast. We had a damn good time. A lot of great films ended up winning over there. And we also just had a lot of fun. We went for about three and a half hours, three hours, 40 minutes. So a pretty long stream. Uh, we went all the way up until around 30 minutes before the Oscars themselves would have ended. They, of course, went a little bit, uh, the Oscars went a little bit over, so maybe it was closer to an hour or so, but we had a ball. We had a blast. All of the winners and nominees are already posted on the website, ombreviews.home.blog. And yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And I've already got so many ideas for next year, things that I want to improve, things that I want to add, including an Oscars, or rather, in this case, Raven Awards bowling, uh, and having people who win and get the highest scores for predicting the winners there, uh, letting them get access to prizes and awards and giveaways and stuff. So that's stuff that I cannot wait to get ready for next year. Alice McCarthy says, howdy, Odin, how's it going? How are you doing? Hope you're doing well. Hypernext13 left the comment in the chat saying, I'm surprised Mahler and Josiah Rise is like Parasite, though. Happy to see it get some love despite controversy. I wonder what Jeremy and the rest of Geeks and Gamers, etc. would think of it. Well, I know Jeremy is trying to see it because he's heard people like me, uh, Josiah, and other members of the team that if they're... Uche for, uh, was another person that talked about it. We all love it. We all think it's great. One of the best films of the year. And hearing Mahler like it just reaffirms why I love it so much. When one of the most objective critics on the planet... Is, is giving it praises, then it makes me feel good. You know, it makes me feel good that that's happening, and it definitely uh, is something that I agree with. I think that it is totally, uh, totally worth getting that award. Nigga Little says, does your PC have the coronavirus? It definitely feels that way. It definitely feels that way from time to time. That's for darn sure. Uh, let's see. I'm getting a lot of random... I'm getting a lot of random messages over here, but I can't I can't handle those right now. I got too much going on. Uh, Peter Parker says Harley Quinn or Haley Quinn, Birds of Prey title doesn't make sense now. It's like saying Iron Man and the Avengers. Okay, so that was trying to say Harley Quinn. Yeah, I agree. So one of the things that we're talking about tonight is the fact that Birds of Prey has indeed changed their name, thinking that it's going to make things better thinking that somehow changing the name at the box office is going to somehow now make people want to go see it. Oh, wait, now it's called Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey? That makes so much more sense. When in reality, it doesn't make any damn sense at all, and it just causes more confusion, uh, which is just ridiculous. Also, uh, DLive, J-Rod the Beer Guru, shout out to you. It's a sub anniversary for him over there. So thank you. Thank you so much for being a sub over on DLive for as long as you have been. Sasha Neon says, with Doolittle and Thaley... And, and Haley, Haley Quinn, some of these names y'all got to work on because if you're going to try and be funny, you got to at least give me something to work with. So with Doolittle and Harley Quinn, has the box office lost more than gained this year so far? Yes, with Doolittle especially, when you look at raw gains, uh, if you're just looking at new 2020 releases, 
that is the case. So new 2020 releases, so not counting any of the holdovers from 2019, Right now, the box office is in the red, mostly thanks to Doolittle, which is negative $150 million in the red. No other film has been able to really surpass that in 2020 so far, all right, in 2020. Dory DeHobbit says, I thought Robert Storm's Parasite rant was too spicy. He crossed the line for my taste. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have no personal issues or qualms with Robert Storm's. Uh, he, he's gone after me before. He's criticized me and mocked me and did an impersonation of me at one point. But there, there's no ill will between me and him. I think it's a bad take. And I think a lot of people believe that it's a bad take as well that he had. Because as I said, Parasite's a great film. And the fact that it won Best Picture, I think, is well-deserved. I understand to a point the, what he's trying to get at that he's just tired of movies that no one sees winning. And I, I can understand the frustration there, you know, that how can you expect people to want to watch the Oscars or shows like that if movies no one's seen keep on winning? And and we can be honest with that too, right? We can go back to the year that Moonlight won. How many of us have honestly seen Moonlight? I have. And I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was extremely overrated. And guess what? It won an Oscar for some reason. And there's other films, too, that we can look to and say, wait a minute, why did that film win? Even last year, Green Book won. And I was excited for it because I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen it since it won the Oscar. I was going to buy it on Blu-ray, on 4K, and I just haven't done it yet. There's been other films that I've been wanting to buy instead. So I think that there is something to that part of it about even though it's a great film, it's a film that not a lot of people saw, so how are we supposed to connect with it? But him saying, if you get... If you get a win in foreign language or an animated feature, that means that you can't get nominated for Best Picture. I, I don't really agree with that aspect to it. I think that's a bad take. But again, that, that's his opinion, and he's entitled to that opinion. And I, of course, have my criticisms of it. Uh, Tina says, Midnight's Edge slammed Parasite hard last night for various reasons. I still haven't seen it. I'll get around to it one day. And I think that's, again, I personally think that's a bad take. I think it's a bad take. I don't know if they've seen the film all the way through. I don't know if they're just digging too far into it. I don't know if they're looking at his previous work because I don't like a lot of Bong Joon-ho's previous work. I think a lot of his previous work is definitely in that overrated section, is definitely in that pretentious section. This is not one of them, though. This is actually his best movie to date. And not just because now it's an Oscar winner, but I honestly do believe that. I honestly do think that because it was a film that I was able to sit back and enjoy. It was a film I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how some might argue that there's a political message to this. But here's the thing. There's no good guys in this movie. There's no good. Whether they're the lower class people, they're not seen as being great people. They, they are. They're scum in a lot of these scenes. They are mistreating people constantly. They're not the heroes. They're more anti-hero if you're going to push that at all. And then the rich people are actually pretty nice too. But then they're also not perfect either. So the reason why I love this movie is because no one is good. Everyone has flaws. And that's why this movie is, in my opinion, perfect when it comes to characters. Because every character has a flaw. And that's what is the mark of a good film. If you have the film where all the characters are flawed, it doesn't matter if it's rich and poor. If they're all flawed, that means that not one message is being pushed. It just means that this is a movie about characters being put in a situation and scenario that is both funny and thrilling at the same time. So I'm, I'm going to come to bat for this movie a lot because, and I think that if you've seen any of the speeches done by the director, Bong Joon-ho, who won an Oscar for writing, for directing, foreign language film, 
And also for Best Picture, again, those are four key awards that he won and he had to give speeches for. Every single one of them, he was gracious. He was thankful. He was pointing out directors. And he was not going off on random political tangents. So I'm going to support that. I'm going to support that. All right, jump over to DLive for a second. Captain Dean High says, have there been any websites that kept track of number and length of political speeches? Is that why Oscars went 33 minutes over? I don't think, I can't think of any off the top of my head that keep track of the number of speeches and length of the speeches or whether they're political or not, but I'm sure that you might be able to find some information about that out there. Uh, Fast Food 99, thank you for the ice cream donation. By the way, my, my voice is still tired because... I had the crazy stream on Sunday where I was starting to lose my voice. I then had to teach the last couple of days, did a podcast with John earlier, and so I'm just exhausted, man. I'm exhausted. And also, since I'm, it's on my mind right now, just so everyone knows, Friday Night Tights, I will not be on this week. I will be on retreat, so I'm leaving early Friday morning to go on a retreat, uh, going with, you know, it's me and a couple other, uh, me, uh, priest, two priests, and another teacher are bringing a bunch of a uh, bunch of the guys to a to a monastery to let them see what it's like, you know, to live as a monk. Uh, not not a oh oh here's religious life and we think that you're going to be good priest one day type of thing. It's not us pushing vocations on them, but it's us saying, hey, this is what it's like, and it's going to be very casual. But I'm very excited for it because I love monasteries and I've always wanted to visit a monastery. So about four and a half hours away, there happens to be one. So I'll be going on retreat essentially this weekend. So I'm not going to be able for Friday night tights and I'm not going to be on for the Saturday stream. So I might try and make one on Sunday in lieu of the Saturday night stream not being available, but just so a heads up. So this will be the last stream for a few days for me because I'm not going to be on Friday night tights or the Saturday night stream. So I just wanted to get that out there. If you know anyone that watches these streams, uh, please let them know that that is the schedule going forward. Again, no stream Friday or Saturday. So no Friday night tights on Gary's channel. No stream here on Saturday. But I do plan, unless something else comes up, to try and put a stream in sometime on Sunday. All right, back to the YouTube chat. Hybrid says, Robert Storm's take on Parasite winning Best Picture. Being woke is so bad and hilarious, he didn't even see the movie at least before giving judgment so pointless. And again, I think that's that's why it's a bad take. That's why it's a bad take because if you're going to speak that much about it and dedicate an entire video to it, you can't just simply talk about the movie being woke without having seen the film in the first place. Now, I think that his mindset was it's the because this film is a foreign language movie and the Academy is putting this film over because they are tired of the mantle of being Oscar so white. And so in his mind, I think this movie won because the Academy wanted to have a bunch of people who are not American, who are not white on stage, accepting the best picture award. I think that there is some, you know, credibility to that, that that's possible because it's the Academy and we all know the Academy will do anything for optics. I mean, think about it. The big news story of the day Foreign language film wins first ever Oscar. You know, like first time ever best picture goes to a foreign language film, right? That was the big takeaway of the night. Had 1917 won, what would have the, what have the big takeaway of the night been? A great film wins, and then all the bloggers and, and Twitter types and all the woke people on the social medias would say, Ugh, a movie starring a bunch of white men won, right? You know, that's exactly what was going to happen. So for them to argue that they think that this winning was political, that might have some truth to it. This film being political, though, not nearly as much, right? So if we're going to question the motivations of the Oscars and the Academy, I'm all down for that because I will question their motivations any day of the week. But when a film that 
arguably is one of the best films of the year, if not the best film of the year, then obviously I'll go after the Academy, not so much the film itself, because the film is absolutely fantastic. Because I'm sure some people might agree with me, some people might not uh, agree with me on that, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, let us see here. Um, all right. Chat jumped on me a little bit, but no comments have been skipped. Uh, Alex Carly says, have you had some milk lately? Dude, I had some milk this morning with my breakfast, and I had some milk this morning with my dinner. And it was delicious, Joaquin. It was delicious. No one's going to tear me down with my drinking of the milk. (laughs) Uh, Timothy, uh, you got timed out for that, but I hear you, dude. Um, you all, you, you, you know, you know, we try to keep my names of work and names of people out of these streams just because I don't want to, you know, the doxing kind of stuff to happen. I know that was not your intention. Uh, Timothy's a good kid. Uh, he's one of my former students uh, over at my old, ever uh, at my old school. So, uh, thank you so much, man. I miss y'all too. I'm very happy where I am right now. I'm loving my kids at my school right now. Uh, but there's definitely a, you know, a huge group of y'all that I miss down there as well. So I hope that you're all, all doing well. I still plan to come down uh, to see my, my guys who are seniors this year graduate because that's the last class where I taught almost every single one of them at some point in their, in their life. So I'm going to try and get it down to graduation for those guys still. Um, so if you're down there for graduation, man, love to shake your hand uh, and see if you're there. Uh, but yeah, just try and keep any names of places and people out of the chat if you can. Uh, I know that you weren't trying to. I know that you weren't trying to. But thank you very much. Uh, Greta took care of that. Um, and again, that was that was the right thing to do. Uh, just just try and keep that kind of stuff out. I know, Tim, I know you weren't trying to get that. I know you weren't trying to do that because you're, you're a good guy. Um, but that's the reason why you got timed out, just, just so you know. Anyway, uh, DLive, Captain Phonemo says, so brave and much stunning for drinking milk. I am so brave and stunning for drinking milk. You have no idea. Uh, Greta says, uh, I've never seen a movie that that desperate not to flop, i.e. Birds of Prey. Yeah, seriously, right? Like, they're doing everything they can to say, oh, no, this film can't flop. Let's let's change the name of the movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they say, here's a new poster. They will do so many things, I imagine, to try and make this film profitable. And we'll see. Right, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right now, it's not looking so good. Right, it, it made two million dollars. Uh, it made two million dollars on Monday. When you compare that to other films that had similar opening weekends, not looking that great for it. And as I talked about in my video today, I think that the film is likely going to cap out uh, somewhere, you know, uh, around the range of two hundred million dollars or so. And if it does that, then it loses money. So we'll have to wait and see. Again, there's still a lot of time left uh, before the next weekend numbers come in. So. We will have to wait and see. Let's see. Alex McCarthy says, changing the Harley Quinn movie just makes it less fantabulous. Yes, you're right. Uh, Tina says, if you're one of, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. So Tina, thank you for, for reaching out to him. And, and, and yeah, I've already talked about that. So he's, he's, he's still, he's still good people though. Um, let's see. Clark Kent says, can't believe Birds of Prey blames men for the movie flopping. Yeah. It's interesting that they blame men when here's the fun fact. The majority of the audience was men. The breakdown is out. The majority of people that saw Birds of Prey, like 51% of the audience, was male. What that tells me is that your marketing campaign was to try and drive more women to the theater. And all you did was drive both men and women away. And you still ended up getting more of a male demographic. Why? Because comic book movies tend to draw in more of a male demographic. That's not just me saying that. That's just based in reality. 
And until you learn that, you're going to continue to make movie after movie that does not do as well. Catherine Villanumo says, at least birds didn't require a day one patch, uh, rather a day one patch to fix the movie. You're right. Cats needed that. Cats needed to get that patch. But you know what? Would you be surprised if they don't try and patch the movie? Someone made a point earlier in a video that I was watching that they could totally see the movie at some point because we are now all digital sending a patch saying, oh, here's a new edition of the film. Here's some extra footage or something to that effect. That would be very interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Saito Neon says, Disney Plus has an audio commentary on New Lion King with Favreau. Will be the only way I ever see it since I'm a big fan of John Favreau, though I hear the Raven was well-earned. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was the most pointless remake of the year. Glad it won the Raven Award for most, uh, most pointless remake, talking about the New Lion King. But I agree with you there. Listening to John Favreau talk about his film, I could see that how that could be interesting because John Favreau seems like an interesting guy. Bruce says, have you heard some SJWs with byline complain 1917 wasn't diverse enough? Go figure. The year 1917 in trenches during World War II, or rather during World War I, there wasn't enough diversity. And that's a great point, Bruce. It's so funny that they'll go after it. And that's the thing. That's the reason why. And that might be what Robert Storms is trying to get at, saying that 1917 was looked over because they didn't want to have a film that featured an all-white cast to win because of politics by the Academy, not by this movie. Because again, this is one of the best. That's why I'm happy this film won. This film deserved to win. But I could see why people like Robert Storms might be looking at that saying, since he hasn't seen the movie, all he sees is the optics of, wait a minute, this foreign language film has won, and we already know that there's this controversy going on behind the scenes, and he would not put it past them to do something like that. Uh, Hologram Nunchuck is in the chat. Will Gentry is in the chat as well. Tina says, they've seen it, and they were in the category of Asian investments needed by Hollywood, so there you go. And again, I, I just, I don't let that influence my opinion of the film, because the film is good. The film is good. Fraz says, my first Korean film was actually Bong Joon-ho's The Host. I was about seven or eight, and my mom brought me a rented version of it. Have you seen it? I've not, because whenever I hear about The Host, all I can think about is the book that was adapted from What's-Her-Name, who did Twilight, which I know it's not. So 2006, I have not seen his film, so I have not seen his film, The Host. As I said, the only one that I'm aware of is the one from 2013 that was based off the book by Stephanie Meyer, who did Twilight. So every time I've heard that, I've thought Bong Joon-ho somehow, for some reason, directed that garbage. But sure enough, luckily, it's not that, it's a film from 2006 instead. So I have not seen that movie. Let me know if it's good because I've not seen that. I've seen Snowpiercer, which I personally did not like. Again, I thought that one was a little too pretentious for my taste. Love Tilda Swin in it. Tilda Swin's fantastic. And then I've seen Okja. Okja's the same thing. They're all competently made, but those two specifically have a little bit too much messaging for my taste personally. And also as I said, come across as slightly more pretentious than the others. Um, Captain High says, how long before you're in your, how long until you're in your forever home? So we are set to close in April. So still a ways away. And uh, hopefully things go the way that they're supposed to go and we get in on time. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Captain Vonema then says, of movies start doing doing DLC to fix movies, I'm done with film. Oh, if, okay. So Captain Phonemo says, if movies ever start doing DLC, meaning 
updating it, giving new footage, uh, changing the movie, you know, editing the film after the fact, then he says he's done with films. And I, I don't blame you for that, man. That That's going to be an interesting world to live in. And you know what? We're not that far away from it with already getting the digital releases. Let's see. Tech Guy, thank you very much for the $2 super chat. Says, Harley Quinn, Medicine Woman, the title again. Man, that would be a great title. I would go see it in theaters if it was titled Harley Quinn, Medicine Woman. Because that sounds fantastic. <laughs> All righty, let's see here. Scott Sullivan says, have you seen Bong Joon-ho's The Host? No, I have not, as I mentioned previously. Saito Neon says, did Ho also make the horror monster flick The Host? Sounds like he did, uh, which I have not seen myself. Darskipio, I see you in the chat. What's going on, good sir? Uh, Teresa Martin waving. Hello, Teresa Martin. How art thou? Greta says, it was sweet when he made Martin Scorsese tear up. Oh, yes. When Bong Joon-ho won for director, which personally, I would have given it to Sam Mendes, because think about how many months Sam Mendes took preparing for all of those scenes and all those sequences. Amazing stuff. That's why I would much rather, if it had gone the way that it did, I would much rather Sam Mendes get director Bong Joon-ho get the writing and the best picture nominate, or rather the best picture win. I think that would have been the better balance because I think the work that Sam Mendes did on that movie on 1917 was just so amazing for so many different reasons. Um, but I'm I'm not upset with Bong Joon-ho winning because especially his speech was great. He gave praise to uh, he gave praise to Scorsese. Scorsese. He gave praise to Quentin Tarantino. Right? He was so gracious in all of his speeches, which was great. And I, I agree. I think that you know when Scorsese got a standing ovation because of Bong Joon-ho like giving, like giving him the recognition and saying that you're one of the guys that paved the way for me and, and inspired me to make the work that I do, that's awesome. That's why the Oscars are supposed to be there. That's why I used to love the Oscars. Moments like that are the reason why I used to eat that up. And then you get to the moments like Brad Pitt. And Joaquin Phoenix. And the stupid people that won for documentary. The documentary, by the way, that was produced by the Obamas. Ooh, big shock there. Quoting the Communist Manifesto. And so many other moments. That just ruin the entire night. They ruin it. You know, you have amazing moments like him getting Martin Scorsese a standing ovation. Which is phenomenal. One of the greatest directors of all time. But that has to be taken away. Six million less people are going to watch it because they're sick and tired of being preached to. When will they get it? When will they open up their damn skulls to figure out what's going on and why we continue to reject their nonsense? Uh, Captain Poppyton, thank you very much for the diamond donation over on DLive, man. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, Scott Sullivan says, The rich need the poor and the poor need the rich. No one is perfect. Exact- exactly, Scott. Exactly. No one is perfect. Guess what? That's why this film's great. It's about the human condition of which everyone has falls. Or rather, everyone has faults. And that's why I love it. If this film was all of the rich people are bad and all the poor people are good, I wouldn't like it because that's a political message and I don't want that in a movie. But it doesn't. Everyone is flawed. Everyone makes mistakes. That's why that film deserves to be watched by everyone, by the way. Deserves to be watched by everyone. Timothy says, I was at the March for Life pilgrimage. Great experience for me. Dude, that's awesome, man. I was supposed to go, but unfortunately, some scheduling conflicts came into the way, so I was not able to get up there. It looked amazing. I mean, it looked like there was close to a million people up there, which is just truly phenomenal, truly amazing. Um, I, I know that my 
plan is to go at some point in my life, and I'm already trying to make sure that I have a weekend free next year uh, to be able to go again, or rather to be able to go for the first time, because I've never gone before in my life, but I've always wanted to. It's on my it's on my bucket list of things to do, man, but I'm glad that you had a good time, and uh, I, we had a bunch of students that went too, and they, they loved it too. They had an amazing experience. Uh, 70B, thank you for letting them know how to contact me. Hardwick says, what do you get when you cross Joker's mentally ill ex-girlfriend with a bunch of poorly adapted comic book characters? I'll tell you what you get. You get the flop you deserve. Boom, son. Uh, v, thank you very much for the $2 super chat. Says, have you seen the host? So I, you must be, you must have just uh, started watching. I mentioned it earlier. I've not seen the host, the 2006 version. Uh, the one by Bong Joon-ho, but apparently everyone's talking about it, so please let me know in the, in, in the regular chat if you think it's worth seeing. And I'm sure a bunch of people have already talked about it as well. All right, chat jumped on me again, just like it always does, um, but let me try and find out where we left off in the chat. All right, no comments were skipped. Thank the Lord. Uh, Zacharot says, hello, hello there. How art thou? Dora de Hobbit says, your thoughts on The Hunt is back on. Universal sets release for controversial elites versus deplorable Santai. Really? Oh my goodness. So for those who don't know, The Hunt was supposed to be a movie where elites, you know, the 1% essentially were going up against Trump supporters, I think was the basic mindset or something to that effect. And then it got canceled because it just seemed stupid. It just seemed so controversial. And here's my thing. They have a right to make whatever movie they want. I'm not going to can't if I had if I had the ability to cancel their movie, I wouldn't. However, I do want their movie to fail. <laughs> if it's about what I think it's about, it very well could be something that it might be different than what we think, but from what I know about it, it just doesn't seem like a movie that I'm going to support. And I'll be covering that when it gets closer to release date. That's for damn sure. All right, jumping over to uh, DLive, uh, Captain Will Gentry has a couple things. He says, uh, see, that's where I see Robert Storm's point. Parasite was a worthy winner, but getting so many Oscars when there were so many other films worthy of winning in all those categories this year. And here's the thing, too, with that, uh, Captain Gentry, is that I think the best film and the best person should win in their category. And it doesn't matter where they win anywhere else. If a movie has the best editing, they should win the best editing. If a film is the best movie of the year, they should win best movie of the year. If the movie is the best foreign language film of the year, it should win that category. And I think the problem with the modern-day Oscars is that you can see that they openly try to spread the wealth artificially and not naturally. Now, I'm not saying that Bong Joon-ho didn't deserve best director because guess what? He directs the hell out of this movie. But at the same time, too, I, I think that we, you know, the Academy and people in general who vote for these things need to be more aware of that, right? Go category by category and think who should win here, who should win there, and not spread the wealth, right? So again, I can understand where he's coming from and even where you're coming from, but for someone to win other categories, like if a movie wins 12 awards, if it deserved to win in all those categories as individuals, then boom, it deserves it. But if not, then it shouldn't. Hybrid says, some may disagree, but I found Parasite win speeches more entertaining than the Hollywood elites such as Brad Armpit's Trump hate speech. No, I mean, that's what I was saying, because they were humble. They were so wholesome. When the lights went down on the Parasite crew and cast, and then the lights came back on, and that little woman went, hello, it was hilarious. It was great, because it was just, again, it was just wholesome. 
You could tell that they were very appreciative. And it was, again, I think anyone in Hollywood working today should take lessons from anyone that won for Parasite because they did just such a better job at being authentic. John Early, I've made a joke about the Dark Knight and Suicide Squad comparing them to various types of chocolate. I said the Dark Knight was sophisticated chocolate and Suicide Squad was a Snickers bar. Hmm. Well, I would say that Suicide Squad is like white chocolate because it's not chocolate. I think mine was better. Orange Eye Review says, Wish I could stay longer, but I get ready for a stream on another channel. Hope you had a wonderful evening. Rest that voice up. Thank you, Orange Hat Reviews. And who's, who's streaming against me? Who's trying to cross the streams? Do I need to declare someone excommunicado? It's been a very long time. Josiah Rice is the only one excommunicado right now. We'll have to wait and see. All right, Will Gentry. Hold on. Uh, Captain Poppyton says, I saw the trailer on YouTube when I was watching something else. It's about liberal elite hunting conservatives, which again, depending on the message they're trying to push, who knows where that falls. Captain Gentry says, yeah, my point was, was did Parasite deserve all those wins? Or did it win some because of wokeness? I honestly don't know because I've not seen it. Yeah, so not, so basically this, there is no wokeness in the movie. The only wokeness that could possibly exist would be the Academy voters saying, oh, an Asian director, let's choose them. Or, oh, an Asian writer, let's choose them. That's the Academy, not the actual movie. The movie is fantastic. The movie is not woke. The movie is just very, very, very well put together. A great narrative structure. Now, did it... Did Bong Joon-ho deserve to win best act, uh, rather best director? In comparison to Sam Mendes' work on 1917, I would argue no. But that's a subjective take. Let me just put it that way. That is a subjective take for me. I think that there's an argument to be made for Bong Joon-ho, argument to be made for Sam Mendes, and even one for Todd Phillips because they all, all three of those especially, do very amazing things with the work that they're given. For writing, I think Parasite was the best original script out of the ones that were listed. Just going to be honest. So, yeah, I I think that the best film won in most of the categories that it was in. If there was any political motivations, it was not in the film at all. It was in the voters behind it. You see what I mean? Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that makes some sense. All right, jumping over to YouTube. Nessa Nason says, I'm trying to transition to a plant-based or vegan diet. Joaquin's speech is why people hate vegans. The hypocrisy is just awful. Yeah, it really is. Because if you're a vegan by choice and you personally live that life, guess what? I'm not going to go after you. Now, if you're like Joaquin Phoenix and you try and make people feel bad because they happen to be drinking, you know, drinking milk, well, then obviously that is problematic to say the least, right? So, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. And good luck with that, because I, I know that can't be easy. Hologram Nunchuck says, The early reviews for Sonic are good. Are you going to watch it? My plan is to see it Thursday night. My plan is to see it Thursday night and do my typical uh, car vlog video. Just Joe 47, Daniel Bryan versus Joaquin Phoenix in a no meets barred match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Slice of Neons, viewership of Oscars down 20%. Big five companies have profit down 40%. Multiple streaming services starting up. I think this is the history book year. Holly Weird and Cinema Dies. I think you have a good point there, man. Again, the Oscars going down. The uh, big five uh, studio companies down in profit. 
there's a lot to be said there, right? And I think that's why a lot of those big companies are starting to jump into the streaming wars because they know the future is streaming. The future is streaming and it is not in the actual cinema, which makes me sad because I'm still a person that loves to go to the cinema. Hardwick says the script for The Hunt was leaked months ago. I read it and wrote a detailed synopsis. If you're interested, I can DM you with it. I can't guarantee that I'll be able to read it because reading just takes me forever and I have ADD and so many things going on behind the scenes, especially now in my life. Um, but if you want to send it, if you want to send it my way, I will do the very best that I can to get to it. Captain Winkster, the host is pretty good. Odin, watch it. Okay, cool. Is it available, Captain Winkster, on any major uh, platform? Hybrin says, the only other ones I can recommend from Bong's other works is Memories of Murder and Mother. I feel like he does better with pure Korean ones than he has American-made ones. If Parasite's any indication, then I would agree, because I've only, before Parasite, all I saw were his English language films. So maybe it is something where there is just this barrier that, is more difficult for him to cross in that way. You know, it's it's easier for him to tell a story, and it makes sense too, right? In his native language with his native with native speaking actors versus trying to cast American actors to do a, do a role or a script that he may have originally envisioned to be in a certain way uh, from his own language. You know, I think that there's a lot to be said there for sure. I think that there's a lot to be said. So yeah, let me know. So those would those be good films that you would recommend then? Eric Rhodes says, this has probably been asked before, but what is your favorite movie, favorite food, and favorite song? Favorite movie of all time? I go to a top three, Casablanca, 12 Angry Men, and It's a Wonderful Life. Favorite food? I love pizza and cheeseburgers, um, chicken fingers. I love Americanized food, really. Uh, but I do love some other stuff too, like uh, chicken parmesan. I don't really have a favorite food altogether. Favorite song? I don't have a favorite song, to be honest. I've been on a 90s and early 2000s pop rock kick lately, so that's all I can say about that. Sasha Neon says, unless it is Harley Quinn, Medicine Woman, with the poster tagline, patriarchy is the sickness, her fist is the cure, then yes, I would see it then. I would see that if that was the tagline, as I try to get my cushion positioned, because my... my, uh, Back's been hurting. Bruce says, Snowpiercer ended with lunch on the hoof. <laughs> lunch on the hoof for a polar bear. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Snowpiercer. Hybrid says, I love his speech about cutting the Oscar and sharing it with Todd Phillips, Sam Mendes, and the rest. What a dude. Yeah, seriously. I forgot that he said that. He said that he wanted to get a buzzsaw or a chainsaw so that he could cut the Oscar up and give it to everyone else. And you know what? I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. All right, let's see here. Chat jumped on me once again. Um, let's see here. Uh, Fraz says, I also think Sam Mendes or even Todd Phillips deserve best director. Sam because one mistake and a long take would be ruined. And Todd because he pulled the best from Joaquin. Agreed. Again, all three of those guys for me were the top three deserving people. And I'm happy with any of them receiving it. The only reason why I would argue for Sam Mendes more is because I think it took a lot more work for his movie than the others. That doesn't mean that he's better. But as I said, it, it, it really comes down to subjective point of view at that point. Graham Astiota says, I believe Hollywood stopped making woke films when they end up like this. Boss, we need to stop this film so the studio will go bankrupt. You would think so. You would think so, and yet you have studios that have made flop after flop, and yet they continue. Sorry about that. And yet they continue to push the narrative. I don't I don't quite understand it. All right, jumping over to DLive. Let's see what we got over on here. 
Uh, Catherine Gentry says, yeah, I meant wokeness from the Academy, not the film itself. That's what I thought. Uh, Daniel Thorne says, thoughts on Hitchcock, Wells, and Kubrick never winning Best Director, and Natalie Portman not pulling their na- put, putting their names on her dress. Well, her okay, so the names that she put were female directors that were not nominated. All right, so that has no relevancy to the point you made before. I think that those three not winning and not being nominated is a crime because they were three of the greatest directors of all time. Uh, more so Hitchcock and Kubrick than Wells, but Wells also. Again, Orson Wells had a, had a very strong showing as a as a, rather as a writer. I mean, as an actor especially. Um, Natalie Portman though is ridiculous because uh, Matt Walsh over on the Daily Wire made a great point in his stream today. He made the comment saying, and he went through her IMDb page. Since 2015, so going back five years, Natalie Portman has done one movie with a female director. And guess what? She directed it. So the amount of hypocrisy coming from Natalie Portman saying, oh, female directors deserve more respect. Okay, if you honestly believe that, buy into it, then put your money where your mouth is. Only work for female directors. If it is that important to you, do it. If you want to use your platform for something, don't go on the red carpet. Don't give a stupid speech at the Oscars or Golden Globes, whatever it is that you said those stupid comments. How about instead you put your money where your mouth is and you only work for people who you want to see supported? How about that? Wouldn't that be something? But yeah, when, uh, when Matt Walsh pointed that out about since 2015, she's only worked for one female director and it was herself, it made me laugh because of the amount of hypocrisy. Uh, the K-Man, thank you for the diamond donation over on D-Live. I appreciate you. Catherine says, I think the streaming market is very fragile since there are so many already. I'm annoyed at having to have six. Yeah, and with HBO Max coming soon, uh, it's, uh, yeah, HBO Max should be, like, when is HBO Max set to come out? Is it February or is it another? Let's see. HBO Max, everything that you need to know. Let's see. Newly dubbed HBO Max. When will it launch? Why does this not have launch date? May 2020. Okay, so we're still a couple months away from that one. Yeah, but eventually we'll have HBO Max coming out, and that one is set to have a lot of content, like a lot of really good content. Daniel Thorne then says, will the Me Too horrible flick The Invisible Man be the biggest flop of February? Here's the funny thing. It's projected to make between 30 and 40 million domestic opening weekend. I cannot see that film making that. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It depends on how much it makes opening weekend. Captain Phonema then says HBO Max is going to be different than HBO Go. Insert cursing. So HBO Max, from what I hear, is going to have all of the content from HBO Go and then some. So HBO Go is still going to have content, but all new exclusive content is going to be added to HBO Max. And the pricing should not be too incredibly different. So I think you can probably transfer your HBO Go to your HBO Max and you won't have to spend that much more. And then Captain Heiss over on DLive says, Natalie Portman also has her own production company, and she is the only female director that has made a film for it. Boom. The hypocrisy is real. Also, Echo Base Network, thank you very much for the $2 Super Chat, says, our documentary should have won an Oscar. <laughs> Guys, if you have not checked out the documentary by Echo Base Network, please do yourself a favor and do so. It's actually, it's a very high quality, very well done. It's got 
tens of thousands of views at this point. Y'all getting close to 100,000 views or so? I know that y'all y'all have had a lot of success with it. So go check out Echo Base Network. Check out their documentary. It is very, very well done. Uh, Grim Masiota says, I believe Hollywood... Okay, got that one already. I got that one already. 70B, I meant to ask... Uh, I, I meant to ask you, do you know the way? Do you know the way, my friends? Stephanie B, do you do you know the way? I don't think you know the way. Do you know the way? McQueen, Slice of Neons, do you way to... Do you know the way, my friend, says Slicer. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't spelled correctly. Cal the Wingster. Odin, why not everyone win? Everyone is a winner. Screw quality. Exactly. Everyone gets an Oscar. You get an Oscar. You get an Oscar. Everyone gets an Oscar. Wouldn't that be something? Slicer Neons. Should there be an English dub for Parasite or just learn a second language? You don't have to. Subtitles. Now, let me put it this way. There should be an English dub specifically for those that might have... Um, that might have vision impairments because there might be some people that honestly can't see the subtitles or see much of the screen in general. So the only reason why there should ever be a dub version are for those people, the people that are visually impaired. Also, I, I think that I always like dubbed versions and I know that people are going to hate me for this because it does give you a different perspective on the film. For me, it allows me to look just at the actor's performances. It's not the best, right? I think the best is definitely still native language English subtitles. I'm still, I'm totally on board with you on that. But the reason why I do like having a dubbed version at my access is because let's say I've seen the movie already, but now I want to, I want to sit back and look at the background, look at the actors, look at all that stuff. That is when it becomes very, very important for me. Mwah. As Freya walks in after a very long day. I love you. Love you. Um, but yeah, so sub is definitely better. Sub is definitely better. I'm right there with you. But as I said, I think dub has its benefits, especially when it comes to people like me who like cinematography. Cause I would rather just sit back and be able to look at the framing of the shot, look at the actor's faces and not have to worry about reading the subtitles. Right? So again, I agree. Subbed is better than dubbed, but I like having the option. Hopefully that makes some sense, though. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, as Poppyton, yes, I agree with you, Poppyton. Captain Poppyton says sub is better than dub. I agree. I agree. Captain Phonemo says, and for people with uh, with learning disabilities, that makes reading hard. Very true, Captain Phonemo. That's a good. That's a great point as well. So there's definitely a need for having those versions. I don't know if that villain is going to get that version anytime soon, though. Uh, Hybrid X13. I think we need to let everyone know. If it is about the rich and the poor, both are uh, demonized and are shown with pros and cons. Nobody wins like Shades of Grey. Exactly. So for those that want to know, the poor in Parasite are shown with good qualities and bad qualities. The rich in Parasite, good and bad qualities. Again, everyone in this movie is a human being. And if that doesn't sell you on it, I don't know what else will. It needs to be said, though. Definitely needs to be said. Uh, Nitrium, total respect for picking Best Picture, which I saw as having zero chance to win. Your math is better than my math. <laughs> so Nitrium was here uh, on the Ravens uh, award night, and we were having a back and forth because he was very certain that 1917 was going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. And I said it had a good chance. I, I would not have been surprised had it won. But the only reason why I was holding on to Parasite winning was because it got an editing nomination. And I was talking to this earlier with, with, with John Flickinger. And I was saying how in the past 33 years or so, maybe even more now at this point, only one movie, only one, has won Best Picture 
without an editing nomination, and it was Birdman. Now, obviously, some would argue, well, 1917 also was shot like a one-shot, like Birdman was. Doesn't that mean that it's more likely going to win? There's definitely a good case there, but if you're just looking at the editing category itself, it indicated to me, since 1917 was not nominated for editing and Parasite was nominated for editing, that Parasite likely had a better chance. So again, it was definitely a crapshoot. I imagine that if you if they ever revealed the results, I bet it was very, very close. But yeah, that's how I came up with it. And basically, the reason why it won is not because I don't think Parasite had the most first place votes. Because remember, the, uh, the best picture is preferential ballot. So they rank the movies 1 through 10, and whatever has the highest weighted score basically is the one that wins in the end. So... I think that Parasite had a lot of first place votes, but had more second and third place votes than 1917, which I could see getting a lot of first place votes, but also more fifth and sixth place votes because of the members of the Academy not wanting the film to do as well. That's what I think happened. Uh, But of course, that's just me. My little, uh, you could say, conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory. Daniel Thorne says, stop being lazy and learn the languages. Yes, of course, Daniel Thorne. I'm going to learn Spanish, French, uh, German, uh, Korean, all the languages, right? That, that's, that's what we need to do. <laughs> uh, Captain Mr. Roy, thank you for the diamond donation. And he says, received Parasite. Thank you. Thank you, man. Glad you received it. So again, uh, Mr. Roy, one of my captains over on DLive, uh, he and Orange Hat Reviews both won a copy of Parasite because we had a giveaway on the channel because they are $5 and up backers on Patreon subscribe star. So if you want to be eligible for giveaways in the future, uh, include Blu-rays, digital copies, 4K, steelbooks, all that kind of stuff is on the table. Um, usually do it a few times a month uh, and you want to support the channel, think about becoming a member of Patreon and subscribe star today. I uh, appreciate you. Um, Captain Mr. Roy says, I DM the digital code for Parasite to you on Discord. Cool, man. All right. So that means I'll have something else to give away uh, in the future. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Captain Wingster, Odin, I agree. I hate that going to a theater or to a story to buy a game is going away. Yes, me too. There's something just about the physical aspect to it that just makes it so much better. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, all right here. Let's see. Hypernext 13. Memories of Murder is a 2003 movie and was about the Korean Zodiac killer. He finally got caught last year in 2019 and Bong was shocked. Oh, damn. Is it any good, Hyperin, would you say? Uh, Hardwick says, Disney Plus Togo is great. It's the kind of movie Disney made when Walt was still in charge. It has a good old-fashioned storytelling without an agenda, except in one brief scene. Well, I figured most movies nowadays have at least one scene. Even Detective Pikachu had one line that one could possibly argue was political. But in the context of it, it really wasn't that bad. But yeah, Togo looks great. Willem Dafoe's in it. I love a lot of things with with, with, uh, Willem Dafoe in it. Hardwick continues, uh, it is a true story and almost everyone involved was white except for a few Inuit. Disney had to come up with a novel solution to make the movie fit their standards of diversity. Yeah, pretty much. And it's sad that we can't just make a movie that's historically accurate these days without someone being called an istophobe. It's ridiculous. John Early, I appreciate Spider-Man 3 because Raimi had the opportunity to finish it. Zack Snyder never finished Justice League, and Richard Donner never finished Superman 2. Yeah, but you know what? Raimi did not get to finish the film that he wanted to finish. So I 
I, I don't appreciate Spider-Man 3 because Spider-Man 3 is not a good movie. And it's not the movie that Raimi won in the first place. So I disagree with you there. Hardwick says, Did the solution was to feature a montage of people in Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia reacting to news of the serum run and makes about 70% of them uh, appear, people of color and 20% Hasidic Jewish. Well, I do think that with those cities that they chose, that actually makes sense for the context of what they're doing. But I'm, I'm pissed that they felt like they had to do that, though. Eric Rhodes, what is your greatest ambition? To talk about movies. 